Welcome to NC Travel Chat. I'm your host, Carl Hedinger. Now, before we begin featuring individual places in North Carolina, I thought it'd be fun to go around the state and give you more than a few to start with. And to do that, we reached out to the well-traveled and well-versed writer, Jason Fry. He and I have an interesting connection, having lived in the same state, West Virginia, at the same time for many years, and that continues today with us both here in North Carolina. Jason got quite the head start on me in moving here, so I occasionally call on him for tips related to writing and traveling around North Carolina. As a writer, Jason is an inspiration to me on so many levels, having covered nearly every corner of the state and beyond. For NC Travel Chat, he was gracious enough to sit down with us, and we asked him about how and why he started writing about this state and his favorite parts of North Carolina to cover and to visit. I think you should take some notes during this interview because he and I share some pretty awesome spots in North Carolina. So without further ado, here's our interview with Jason. Okay, for this NC Travel Chat, I want to welcome the prolific writer, a traveler of North Carolina and beyond, the legend, Jason Fry. Jason, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me on today, man. Yeah, I really appreciate you coming on. And uh, just in case anyone who doesn't know anything about you and what is wrong with you people um <laughs> just uh if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself what you do all yeah, uh, i was born and raised in southern west virginia and i moved to north carolina to go to graduate school uh, pursuing a degree in poetry and i fell in love with the state and was fortunate enough to find a career in travel writing so now, for a living, I get to go around the state, I get to meet interesting people, I get to do interesting things, I get to taste all the food, meet the chefs, meet brewers, meet the winemakers and the distillers, and uh, get to take a behind-the-scenes look at what goes on in North Carolina, and then I get to try to promote it to people. <laughs> I have travel guides that I write for Avalon Travel Publishing, The Moon, North Carolina, North Carolina Coast, Great Smoky Mountains, Blue Ridge Parkway Road Trip books. Uh, I do some things for our state for visitnc.com uh, and a bunch of other magazines. And all of them, uh, I do my very best to try to get people to come here to the old North State and uh, find a new favorite place. So you came from West Virginia and you went to school in North Carolina. How did you sort of get into the whole like traveling and writing? Well, I think for all of us, I think the traveling really comes first. Um, my first travel experiences in North Carolina were probably driving through to South Carolina to go to Myrtle Beach. Um, as, as you know, West Virginians love to go to Myrtle Beach for some reason, and <laughs> they're crazy about it. And so my family vacationed at Myrtle Beach, and I remember driving through, and I live in Wilmington now, Wilmington, North Carolina, which is just north of Myrtle. And I remember driving through and seeing the signs to Wilmington and wondering what that place was, not really knowing anything about it. But... Eventually, our family sort of stopped with the hustle and bustle down in Myrtle, and we started vacationing on the Outer Banks. Mm. And so we, I grew up going to the Tennessee side of Great Smoky Mountains National Park. Yeah. You know, it's sort of more developed and more tourist-friendly. Um, and then we started going to the Outer Banks, and so I got to experience sort of the two extreme ends of North Carolina, but really only driving through the middle. So when I came to grad school, you know, I was in my early 20s and had, you know, left a career in teaching and paid off my car and was at, at UNC Wilmington. <laughs> and I drove around a lot. I went out to Charlotte on weekends. I went up to Raleigh on weekends. I, I went out to Asheville to see friends and 
and started finding little towns here and there in between. And uh, I never really thought much about writing about it uh, until after graduate school. The last thing I wanted to do was write. And so I was working with my father-in-law, designing cabinetry and furniture and building them, uh, building pieces for folks. And uh, the opportunity came up to write for North Brunswick Magazine. It was a brand new magazine in Brunswick County. And I pitched the editor there a story about going to the beaches. A 1,500-word piece on the beaches of, of Brunswick County and what you can expect to find in each of them. And I think it took me about two and a half weeks and 45 drafts to write. And it is a, it's a shame. It's an embarrassment. <laughs> no wow. one should ever read it. <laughs> I'm going to look for it. It was the, it was the, the entree into things. And then I wrote about a brewer, and then I wrote about a kayaking guide, and then uh, I decided to get into writing full-time, and my father-in-law retired from his work. Uh, we worked out our client book, and I started doing writing full-time, hmm. like a lot of people, marketing stuff, as well as the things I wanted to. And over time, it came to be mostly food and travel-focused. You've gone well beyond North Carolina, too, with some of your writing, right? Yeah, I, you know... Again, like a lot of people, you, you sort of have to start with what you know, and I did. I really started with that. You know, I wrote a lot about New Hanover County, Brunswick County, uh, Pender County, the beaches here, you know, from Topsail, Wrightsville Beach, Carolina Beach, down into Sunset, Oak Island, Ocean Isle, um, Baldhead Island. But then I started writing more about the state, and once you start sort of start to gain these experiences and these expertise and you come to meet more people in the industry – those other opportunities pop up. And so then it was, you know, press trips into Virginia. And I was, you know, I found myself in Oregon for a story and then eventually overseas, you know? And so yeah. it's, I've spent a good bit of time in Europe on river cruises. Um, I've cruised on the Mekong uh, through Cambodia and Vietnam. I've cruised on the Irrawaddy uh, through Myanmar. Uh, I was in South America a couple of times, I think like three years ago now, uh, on the Amazon in Peru, and then exploring Chile, uh, the Lakes Volcano District, which is just north of Patagonia. So it's sort of in those Patagonian foothills, and it's a gorgeous place. Yeah. But I've been able to go and see and experience things that, as a little kid growing up and you know, looking at National Geographic, Reader's Digest and seeing Wild Kingdom and things like that on TV. You never think you would get to go to these places, but I've found myself doing these things and standing in these places. You know, I never thought that a kid from growing up in the coal fields of West Virginia would get to go swimming in the Amazon, but <laughs> a couple of years ago, I found myself standing on the side of a of an aluminum John, fifteen foot aluminum John boat, jumping in, and uh, you know, it's, it's those kinds of things make the world so much bigger and brighter, but they also make you realize what you have closer to home. So, you know, travel is one of those amazing things that I'm fortunate to get to do. And so uh, as far as North Carolina goes, you said you, you started out on the Tennessee side of the Great Smokies. What did you find when you crossed over to the North Carolina side? This was, this was the seventies. Um, whenever we would go down into to Gatlinburg and then come across uh, into the North Carolina side. And, you know, even by today's standards, Gatlinburg wasn't much, hmm. uh, but it far outweighed what Cherokee or Bryson City was offering at the time. And, you know, when you came across on Newfound Gap Road and you crossed into the North Carolina side of the, of the National Park, 
you knew no difference until you left the national park and you went on to the koala boundary and cherokee i don't know that they were set up at the time to really accept tourists i don't know if they sort of had their own identity figured out as a tourist as a tourism draw and destination hmm. uh and it was a little it was a little chintzy and um, you can see remnants of that you know if you go out to cherokee there's still you know like the big chief lodge or you know these corny trading post things with these sort of i don't, I don't know if they're racist or racial or <laughs> just old old hat like weird imagery on things and there's a few of those things left but they've gotten rid of that and you know now cherokee and bryson city i i prefer to go there as opposed to to gatlinburg unless the story calls me onto the west side of the national park but yeah our first experiences were really coming really only a few times coming all the way over into north carolina my mom has a picture and I have a memory that I think is a real memory, although it might be one of those sort of movies that you've invented for yourself from looking at photos. But uh, we went to Cherokee, and there were some there were uh, black bears, and you could feed them marshmallows, and they would climb up a little slide and then slide down the board on the other side. What? You know, play on some tires. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was just, and I just remember that as a kid being like, wow. I don't know about this. <laughs> I, don't know that, I don't know that I should feed marshmallows to a bear, you know, that lives in like a forty by forty, you know, fenced in cage. I, and, I bet it know, happened. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, but again, it was the seventies. We we didn't really know what we were doing. We didn't know how to behave as tourists or how a tourism destination should draw draw in people. Uh, you know, it was fun at the moment, but we look back now and see the stupid and silly things we did. It's like when I was a kid, we drove through North Carolina a lot, just taking 77 between West Virginia and South Carolina. And it seemed like there wasn't much there until you get to like Statesville. And we'd always stop at that, yeah. uh, that JR. Oh yeah. JR's. Yep. And, uh, that's when it seemed like things really started picking up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, things. Uh, same experience, you know, a lot of it for me was. You know, if we were going to the to the Outer Banks from West Virginia, it was a fourteen hour drive, and it was like we were in North Carolina at four o'clock in the morning. You know, like wow. <laughs> so it was a lot of interstate with truckers around and waiting on Biscuitville to open. You know, <laughs> uh, I bet Biscuitville was really good back then. I mean, it's good now, but I bet it was <laughs> amazing. Back then. Amazing. That's that's a chain that everybody in the world needs to know if you don't know it biscuitville is phenomenal they make the, the absolute best fast food biscuit you you can find anywhere i'm gonna go a and little I, off script right now and i want to know what's your favorite biscuit at biscuitville you know i keep it real simple and i just like to go just like bacon egg cheese really yeah yeah i'm a I spicy like chicken i do like that but so often when i get it is i'm driving yeah and so, you know, it's a lot easier to eat a uh, yeah, bacon, egg, and cheese. It's self-contained. Yeah, and that honey kind of gets on your hand, and it never goes away. Yeah, no, that's the other thing. But, you know, if I'm out in Asheville or, you know, Hendersonville or somewhere, and I go to Biscuit Head, uh, uh, yeah. I'll, often, I'll often get some kind of fried chicken with the hot honey or some kind of weird molasses drizzle on it. Mm. Yeah. But that's more of a knife and fork biscuit for me than a, yeah. than a, hand, than a handheld move on down the road it is so like uh 
you talked about a few different places and i mean you were talking about if the story does call you you'll go you know like into gatlinburg um but i was just wondering what what is one place in north carolina you would keep revisiting if there was you know no story that needed to be written you know i i'm called back to the mountains again and again and again and i love going to boone uh, mm-hmm. you know i went to marshall university and in college and we played Appalachian State which is in Boone uh, while yeah. I was there and so we came down and watched, game, watched games so I have kind of a college level affinity for it but uh, I think it's it's a fun cute little town uh, in Blowing Rock and they've really grown into their own over the last 10 years uh, I think Asheville for me has, has long been a favorite the music scene in Asheville is I think better than anywhere else in North Carolina mm. you know from Warren Haynes Christmas Jam uh, that big charity show was just packed with jam stars in the auditorium to, you know, we saw, I've seen Oysterhead there, David Byrne, Ralph Stanley, wow. I, you know, Mike Gordon, Kev Moe, Cool Moe D, you know, the Orange Peel, the Buskers, you've got all, it's just, you're surrounded by it, and it's just such a rich place. But, so I keep going back to the mountains, but right now, I feel really called, like, I want to go back to Bryson City. Yeah, I had a I had a great experience in Bryson City last fall, and I want to go back and uh, explore that sort of southern, that southeastern side of the Smokies uh, a little more in depth and uh, get a little more familiar with some of the things that are going on there. So they've they've got uh, a couple of couple of nice restaurants and a good little beer scene in town. Yeah. Couple breweries and a really good bottle shop, and people are friendly. Super cute places to stay. A couple of like historic lodges, and so it's cool. It's uh, it's got a really cool like mountain tourism, but twenty five years ago in the right way kind of a feel. Yeah, that's how I felt. Like we were driving, uh, we went to the end of the Blue Ridge Parkway and uh, turned right to go to uh, the kind of lefty uh, visitor center. And we just, we were going to Mingo Falls, so we were going the opposite direction, but what made me turn right was uh, it was sort of early in the morning, and all of a sudden, Christina spots a bunch of elk, uh, you know, just doing their thing and chilling, and there are a bunch of cars standing there with people standing outside their cars, and we're like, what's going on? And so we we pull over there, and there's just, it felt like there were 30 or 40 of them just chilling, you know? I don't doubt that there were 30 or 40 of them out there. The, the Oconaluftee Visitor Center right there is the main entrance into the park if you're coming in on the North Carolina side. And there's a, uh, what do you think it is, Carl, like a 15, 20-acre field? Yeah. That those, the, and they're just out there. They're just hanging out. It's, it's amazing. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. And so a really interesting thing, if you're out there at night, um, go out go out after dark and park in the parking lot hmm. for the Oconaluftee Visitor Center. And get out of your car, and you know you'll have to use some bug spray. But get out of your car and just, just hang out right there for a few minutes and listen. And sometimes you'll hear them uh, bugling and calling to each other in the night, and it is crazy sounding. Oh yeah, yeah. That's we cool. um, a few years ago we had to evacuate Wilmington um, because of the hurricane, and we went to Maggie Valley, actually there by Lake Junaluska. We my in laws we packed them up out of Southport, and all the dogs and the cats we all went to the mountains found a place that would take us and um we went out one night while we were there and uh took my wife down to to listen to the elk one night and she was just she was just flabbergasted by it you know you you never you don't you don't hear a sound like 
the ones that nature makes very often, you know? Yeah, that's so cool. I definitely have to keep that in mind for next time. Um, so you seem stuck on Bryson City, huh? Yeah, I really, I have, a, I have a real affinity for Bryson City right now. It's a, it's got a soft spot in my heart. I've, I miss the mountains, you know. I grew up in the mountains. I grew up, you know, hunting and fishing and hiking and doing all the things. And yeah. I, I live near the beach on the flatland now, and it's, it's strange. Yeah, so it's weird. Like, uh, so in a, a previous episode, Christina and I talked about our backstory a little bit. Um, we did. We lived in West Virginia too, like Jason and I, and we both also graduated from Marshall. And um, I, I didn't really follow the mountains. And we both went to Logan High. We did go to Logan High. That is correct. Uh, man, we have we have a very like long standing connection. It's it's weird. We, um, we do. It's odd. I like it. And uh, yeah, it's it's really fun to. It's like, oh my god, we probably were in many different places at the same time. No I had no idea. Um, but uh, we, I didn't really get it too much into the mountains until uh, Christina and I moved to South Korea. And, I mean, that, the country is like, it's like at least 80 or 90% mountainous. So everywhere yeah. you go, there's a mountain to hike. And so yeah. when we came back to the U.S. and moved to North Carolina, I mean, we probably picked one of not the greatest spots to be when you love mountains because you know central north carolina is fairly flat and uh but yeah every every chance i get i go out to the mountains you know right there where you are you're not you're a lot closer than i am you know if i if i hop in the car and drive to the smokies you know it's not just a a, yeah honey honey i'm going out i'll be back in a little bit like it's a seven and a half hour drive Shoot. Eight hours, eight and a half to get into Gatlinburg, you know, for me. So wow. it's, you know, it is a long drive. <laughs> but so when I go out, I tend to go out and be there, you know, which is yeah. nice because I go and get sort of that deeper experience. Although I wish I could do like you, just hop in the car in four hours, you're in the mountains. Yeah. Well, sometimes <laughs> like, it's two. Uh, yeah, I know. Depending on where you're going. <laughs> like uh, the, the closest one I've found so far is, uh, Cumberland Knob on the Parkway is uh, yep. two hours, a little under two from Durham, and uh, yeah. Hanging Rock is my is probably one of my favorite parks. Although I'm really I'm really keen on uh, Stone Mountain these days. If anybody ever wants to know the best time to visit a state park is the day after a holiday, so everybody's gone, and when in the weather forecast says it was supposed to rain in the middle of summer, which to me, unless it's a hurricane, I'm not really going to pay attention to. Yeah. Yeah, so. no, you're exactly right. It's, it's, it's amazing to get out to some of these state parks that we have and find that you have, you're one of three or four cars in the parking lot. You're the only guy on the trail. Oh, we're the only family here at the, at the campground. <laughs> it's, I, I, I love those feelings. I love finding those places. You know? Yeah. And, and kind of to that point, I guess my next question for you would be, um, you know, what, of the lesser known or appreciated places, what what part of North Carolina do you think is one people should maybe investigate a little more? I think that people are starting to investigate it a lot more, but I think that Winston-Salem needs to get more love. I love Winston-Salem. I think, you know, like you were saying, a lot of travel between West Virginia and South Carolina on I-77, and that was us too. You know, if we, we'd go down 77 and cut across the Myrtle, um, you know, a few times we came down to Charlotte for some reason, but that was just, again, you just see the interstate. If you just pull off of 77 in just a few miles, right there is Winston-Salem. Mm. Twin towns that are now one, and I, it's, it's a vibrant art scene, fantastic food, 
great breweries, excellent cocktails. Sutler's Gin, which is, I think, mm. one of the best gins made in North Carolina, is, is out of there. Mm. Uh, and, you know, there's some really cool places to stay, from bed and breakfasts to the Greystone Inn to, you know, the little boutique hotels. Uh, you know, to spots that are haunted, uh, you know, I, and it's it's just a cool spot to go. I think that it needs to get more of a look from people in North Carolina that are our age, because I think a lot of people that are, you know, maybe my in-laws' age, you know, in their sixties and seventies, I think that they think about going there. Yeah, uh, but I think it's more than just a place for you know, like the little old ladies. Like it's a cool town, and it's right there. You can hire services to. You know, take you on wine tours. It's right by the Yadkin Valley, you know, where there's, I think, 45 wineries, you know, within an hour, hour and 15 minutes of that town. So, you know, it's a, it's a cool spot. It's easy to get to in North Carolina. And uh, I think it needs to get a little more, a little more of a look than it gets. Yeah. Christina stayed in the Brooks, uh, the Brookstown Inn. Yeah. And that, that's one of, I think when we Googled it, it was like ghost story. And we were like, okay. <laughs> Yeah. What's going yeah, it's, on? It's haunted. I've never been haunted there. I was haunted in a bed and breakfast in Louisiana, but um, I, uh, I've never been haunted there, but I know people that have seen ghosts at Brookstown. Yeah, that's that's one of the few haunted ones we've stayed in without knowing it, to, like, until after the fact. Yeah. Um, there was one in uh, Blowing Rock, the Green Park Inn. Oh, yeah, Green um, Park's haunted. Which they, it's crazy, all the famous people that have stayed in that place. You know, North Carolina is really interesting like that. I, you know, we, I think, famous people like to come here. Like, celebrities enjoy this state. I think that we don't bother them much. <laughs> and we sort of let them do their own thing. And, you know, for, for the longest time, Wilmington was a huge film town. And so we would see celebrities out all the time. Uh, when I got to graduate school, I worked for a security firm uh, that handled things for the movie studio and so i guarded sets of parking lots and equipment trailers and then i got to work you know do things on set and you know like talent handling and things like that and it was it was really interesting and, and you know it's, it's big name people katie holmes and busy phillips and joshua jackson and but you know we would be walking around town and you look and um you know oh here's here's this woman from you know whatever series that they shot here two years ago and oh here's this person and you know when Gwyneth Paltrow and Robert Downey Jr. were in town for hmm. um, Iron Man 3 like it's, it was unbelievable like it was, you'd see them all over the place and they would just they'd wave and go about and do their thing nobody really bothered them I think they, they like it because of that but filming here and in Charlotte and Asheville uh, I think that people just enjoy it yeah. we've got a lot in this state it's such a big state yeah, um, you know, three hundred miles of coastline, the highest mountains east of the Mississippi. Uh, you know, all this this great topography between. I, there's a lot of room to spread out to find some things to do. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, this I don't think this is movie related, but uh, our the coffee shop we like going to in Durham. Um, I think their kid goes to Duke. Um, Madeline Stowe and Brian Benben. Yeah, I've. I've seen them in the coffee shop just sitting there, and um, apparently, according to Christina, Brian Benben played with our kid for a little while. So, I mean, it it is, it's crazy. Like, there are tons of famous people that just hang out here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I you know, I'm, I'm just thinking of, like, the people that I've run into at places or different events, and, yeah, I mean, I'm, 
you know, you, aside from the athletes, you know, which are obvious, you know, with an NHL team and NBA and uh, NFL franchises and NASCAR here. You yeah. know, aside from that, like, yeah, there are just, there, there are a lot of famous and well-known musicians and artists and writers who live in the state and, uh, and they're all amazingly friendly. It's, you know, they picked a good spot to be because it's overall, I think, a pretty friendly state, so... So, um, yeah, I wanted to go back to the, the Wilmington note on film. Aren't they kind of making a little comeback? Cause didn't, I mean, they had the, the Halloween movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Film, film is making a bit of a comeback here. Um, we lost the film over, uh, we had tax incentives and they eclipsed and the legislature declined to do anything about that. And then a few years later, they attempted to pass the, what was called known as the bathroom bill. And that yeah. drove a lot of people away. You know, Netflix was interested in shooting their series, the outer banks <laughs> named, named after, I, I know the guy that wrote it. He lives not far from here. Um, <laughs> named after the, the outer banks and written about the outer banks. And they shot the whole thing in Charleston because at the time that they were doing that, it was the house bill Two HB two was, was in play and Netflix wasn't happy with it. And so they weren't going to shoot here. So we, we lost that one, but it's been making a comeback. They just yeah. recently wrapped two Halloween movies. I think they shot them both back to back. They did about uh, maybe 16, 18 weeks down here. Uh, they just shot the lost boys series. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know several people that worked on that and they all had really good things to say. Hmm. Um, and they, what are they, they're working on something right now. I saw a friend of mine, and on Facebook that she had gotten a call for an interview, and I can't remember what show it is now. But it was another show. So yeah, we're we're starting to get a lot more film back in town, and it's it's welcome. There's a lot of really talented people in this town, and it's good to see them having the opportunity to work and not have to travel to Atlanta or go live in Charleston, South Carolina for ten weeks. You know. Yeah, and uh, I know that. The Hunger Games was kind of pushed away too. I mean, it was one of many because the first movie they filmed what the the Henry River Mill Village and then the um, uh, Dupont State Forest. Yeah, and uh, Charlotte, they did some stuff in downtown. And Shelby they, too, I think. And Shelby, yeah, they did some a bunch of green screen stuff downtown Charlotte. I know Homeland also did some green screen stuff in downtown Charlotte, like made it look like DC or Berlin. I don't remember which. Huh? Really. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's you just you need a street, and you park the right cars there, and you throw the green screen up, and hmm. you see the right buildings in the background, and you forget what you're looking at. Film's amazing in that way. Yeah, that's that is interesting. Like speaking of Wilmington, in a way, you know, um, you know, we talked about so many other parts of the state, but but kind of not as much the one where where you live. Um, <laughs> you, I mean, you you spend a lot of time away, um, yeah. but whenever you're in Wilmington. Like, what does someone like you do when you go out? Well, let me set this up a little more. Um, I'm a I'm a travel writer and a food writer, and I review cruise ships, and so I get to travel a lot and do these things. But my wife also is in the travel industry. She does public relations for the travel sector, working with writers like me and Carl to get us to have FaceTime with our clients. You know, and what is her name? Hotel. Her name is Lauren Fry, and she works for Gillison Zeiser Public Relations. Okay. And uh, they represent uh, several cruise lines and, ho- and uh, hotel group. And um, so she works with journalists like us to go to their places so we can write about them and tell folks like you how to come and have great experiences there. And so she's gone a lot, and I'm gone a lot. 
And when we're home, if we find ourselves home together, I, it's fantastic. It's, you know, we cook breakfast and do a crossword puzzle together. And we, <laughs> you know, we putter around in our garden. And, you know, we, we, go to the, we go to the beach. But, like, we, do the, we get up at 8 o'clock in the morning and go to, get to the beach as fast as we can so we can fall asleep on the beach, wake up, take a dip to really fully wake up, and then walk around to dry off. And then we leave at 11 o'clock when all the tourists are coming in to fight for parking spots. So it's sort of perfect. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we do that. We go, we, we typically go out to eat a good bit on weekends. We frequent the food trucks. We've got two or three favorite breweries that we go to. So we go there. Uh, I cook a lot. We, we both cook a lot, but you know, I'll, I make barbecue, you know, so I'll, I'll do things like that. We, we experiment with different recipes. We have friends over and go over to friends' houses and cook for each other. But so yeah, it's a, it's a lot of that. It's it's funny. It, it becomes a lot of whole body stuff when you travel a lot. You yeah, know? I don't I don't get to just be in my house and enjoy it. So when we find ourselves both at home, you know, we're just as happy to you know throw a fish show on the stereo and sit down and play cards or do watercolors or you know thumb through whatever two new recipe books two new cookbooks we got to find some recipes to make. Oh, that's uh, cool. But yeah, but yeah, we run out to the breweries. And, People call, hey, you got to come by. We got some show crabs. And so then, oh, you know, so and so called. We got to run by her restaurant. So you, you go do that stuff. It's, it's pretty normal. I'm but, so you know, jealous of the seafood. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm jealous of, of you guys. Like, I look at the things that you and Christina are eating on Facebook and on Instagram, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> my God, why, this, why do I not have that? Like, why can't I just go get this bread? Why, why, why is our one ramen place closed? You know, like, I, I can't. <laughs> Yeah, it it is interesting because like Durham has a great food scene, um, but you know I I was impressed with Wilmington, especially downtown with what I found. Uh, Front Street Brewing. Front Street Brewery is one of the oldest breweries in the state, and it was the first brewery in in North in Wilmington. And uh, when I first moved to graduate school, it was really just total tourist diving spot. Yeah. You didn't, like the locals can really go there. We went a few times, you know, the beer was only so good. The food was only so good. But hmm. whenever we started to get serious about beer down here, when the state started to get serious about beer, they started to get a little more serious, but Wilmington, the city council and the County commission needed to figure out some regulations on how breweries could operate with tap rooms and everything. So once they got that figured out and our beer scene exploded, um, Front Street Brewery got new, like a whole new brew team in, revamped the whole thing, new guys in the kitchen, uh, new new lady managing it, and like they've really, as a team, have pulled together and made it into a great spot. And and they have an amazing food menu too. I had yeah, oh. the best barbecue there. I felt like yeah, they make they they do make a, a it's it might be some of the best barbecue you can get in the city limits. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really good. Bone and Bean makes super good barbecue too. It's Texas style. Oh yeah, so like Texas on it. So like brisket. So they do, yeah, they do brisket. They'll do that sort of spicy, sweet, thicker red sauce that they do in Texas. Um, they'll do beef ribs sometimes. Um, but yeah, I mean they'll do shoulders. And they don't do whole hog. They do shoulders, mm. neck cuts. Um, but yeah, they do a really good job there. But they also did you see fork and cork when you were downtown? Uh, I don't think so. We, yeah, it's sort of yeah. it's it's on Market Street, so it's sort of off Front Street, but it's owned by the same guys, and that's the I think one of the best burgers in town. Oh yeah, yes, 
But we had a lot of fun going there. That was kind of the point of us going was to check it out as like a kind of more of the off season. And uh, that area around the river is really cool. I think yeah. any just about any time of year, unless you know the wind is probably too unbearable. Ah, uh, the wind gets bad wherever you are. You yeah, know, from time to time. But no, I like the river area down in Wilmington is fantastic. Uh, they've they've in recent years been working on this river walk. You know, just an elevated walkway beside the river, and it it runs for two or three miles now, and it is great. I love it. I it's beautiful views i love going down in the summer and seeing people you know couples holding hands and taking pictures of the kid across the river is the battleship north carolina yeah you know we've got a couple of cool looking bridges around and yeah i see a lot of people shooting and and you know just sitting around enjoying themselves having a drink outside you know getting some appetizers from somewhere and sitting out and watching the people go by and the water flow and uh it's, it's a beautiful spot it's great yeah and uh one place I do remember going on the water and eating that was really cool was Pilot House. Yeah, Pilot House. Uh, yeah, down uh, at the far end. What, did you get uh, the their chowder while you were there by any chance? Uh, I think we might have. It was a while. We, we ate a lot they while we were there. They do a good chowder. Yeah, I think we had. We definitely had seafood because we. Don't, I mean, there are some good spots in Durham like Saltbox uh, to get yeah. some seafood, but uh, you know, it's. I, I'm one of those people who likes to eat it when I'm on the coast. Or, no, absolutely. That's yeah. that's me too. Like when my family would vacation on the Outer Banks, like I, you know, everybody just wanted sort of the familiar same things that they knew, and I was always like, no, let's let's eat fish, let's let's get scallops. We can't have shrimp at home, you know. Let's get these things. And, yeah, I mean, when you're on when you're in Wellington, you've got to get some some great fresh fish or shrimp or oysters from somewhere. We just uh, th- this evening for dinner, I cooked a whole red snapper. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. Uh, we we also went to this place around uh, Carolina Beach. Oh man, it was so good! It was basically like a low country boil, but you know they bring it in a bag and you, you oh, dump yeah, it out I on your think of their name. dump it out on the table. Um, yeah, several friends have the setups for that the right pot and that outdoor thing. We end up having two or three of those at various houses in the fall. So yeah, it's always fun. Somebody brings a bushel of oysters. Somebody brings a bunch of crabs. Somebody's got kielbasa and corn. Potatoes. Yeah, that's fourteen beers later. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, we're going to be doing that too for uh, for our kid's birthday. We're going to uh, Atlantic Beach. Nice. Where are you going to go when when you guys are up there? So we're. Uh, what, what are you looking forward to, to doing or trying? Um, probably Fort Macon is on my list. Um, oh, it's amazing. I'm, I'm into history. We're probably going to stick our, stick to our place. It's like right there on the water. But I, I'd like to see maybe downtown Moorhead City a little bit. Yeah, it's it's cute. There's a couple of cute little stretches, and um, uh, there's a great cocktail bar there called uh, uh, Arundel Room. Yeah, that's named named after one of the streets there. And uh, God, they make fantastic drinks. So. Yeah, Denny Schrock, Denny Schrock is the owner and bartender there, and he does a hell of a job. Uh, I've been a, a big fan of his work for um, a decade, probably. I wrote about them for our state several years ago and just had the best time like going up and like really diving. You know, I, I knew them from doing other stories, but really going in and sitting there and spending time at the bar and diving in with him, uh, you know, getting technical, talking about stuff. I had a great time. Yeah. And like, uh, sanitary fish market up there. Uh, that's, that's a great, a great legendary seafood place. Yeah. Is that, yeah. Is it all in like a, in the same area kind of? 
Yeah, that's all right, right there in the same sort of general area in Morehead City. Yeah. Oh, cool. Thank you. Um, yeah. Oh, and uh, Hungry Town Bike Tours. I honestly, oh. I can't. I love those guys. I can't talk about them enough. Aren't they, they based in Beaufort? So fun. Are they based they, in Beaufort by chance? Yeah, they're based in Beaufort. Yep. Yeah, I so remember. They, do, they you know, ride all around that town. Look at you know Blackbeard Edward Teach the pirate. Blackbeard used to live in Beaufort, and you drove bike by his house. His house was actually in a Sears, uh, a Sears commercial in the eighties. <laughs> was it really? Yeah, it was for. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think if it was for aluminum siding or paint. <laughs> it, no, seriously, it was for one of those two, and it was just basically about how their product was super tough in all weather. Oh and it's you know. Blackbeard's house is just sort of a beautiful little house with these great live oaks around it and gorgeous light on it at all times. It shoots well. And, you know, there was no mention, like, it's even tough enough for Blackbeard's house. (laughs) It was just sort of Blackbeard's house was in that thing. Well, that's, I I had no idea. I've got to find this commercial. It's got to be out there on YouTube. It's it's somewhere, Uh, yeah. uh, Well, well, Jason, thank you so much. I I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. Before I let you go, I just want to, you know, give you a chance to put yourself out there. Where can people find you online? Well, you are happy to follow me on Facebook if you want to. I don't, I, I don't keep myself, my personal stuff separate from the travel stuff as well as maybe I should. So you're happy to just look for Jason Fry, and I'm, I'm one of many. Uh, you'll find me if you friend any of the Jason Fries because I'm building a small army of us. If your <laughs> name is Jason Fry and you're listening, please find me. Um, <laughs> I'd like to add you to our roster. Uh, but you can follow me on Instagram where I'm at Bearded Writer because I have had a beard since I was 19 years old. I've lost my razor and I have not found it since. Wow. Um, yeah. Same uh, beard. Yeah, my beard's, my beard's old now, so it's interesting. <laughs> um, but I, I, I'm there. I'm on both of those platforms frequently. Um, and I think I'm probably more fun on on Instagram than I am on Facebook. But you you can find me either one of those places, and I you know I'll, I'm I'm happy to you know if I run into you and you have a copy of the book, I'm happy to sign a copy of the book for you. Um, yeah, yeah, happy to happy to help out and let people enjoy North Carolina or wherever I've been as much as they can. And uh, where where can people find your books? I, you know, like everything, they're all sold on Amazon, but uh, I love going in. I still love going into the bookstores, so I still love going into the brick and mortars and finding them. Um, a lot of the little, of the smaller, like, family-owned and, you know, small small business uh, bookshops around the state carry them. And so every time I'm in Asheville, I stop at Malaprop's bookshop, and I sign whatever copies they have on the shelf and in the back. Um you know, the same thing at a couple of different spots in Boone. Uh, you know, they, they know me at mass, uh, you know, mass general stores. And so anytime I find a copy, you know, copies there when I'm in the mountains, I sign for them. Hmm. Um, but yeah, they're, they're all over the place. I see them at pomegranate and two sisters bookery here in, here in Wilmington. I've seen them at the country bookseller and I encourage to you know, see them out in the mountains. So really they're, they're in a lot of places where books are sold, but if, yeah, if you just want the quick, easy uh, version of it, you can find them on Amazon there. Moon, North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, that's probably the easiest, shortest one to type in. And you can click my name, and it will pull up uh, all the different books that I've done, all 15 of them, and all the different versions that you can order them in. I mean, I'm going to I'm gonna interject with, I think it's it's easier to buy them on IndieBound. And I, I make, uh, yeah. I'm, I make nothing, right. I make nothing saying this. 
but I I just gotta you gotta gotta support uh, David yeah. over Goliath. No, that's that's true. I, I couldn't remember the name of it. I I also um, I edit for novelists as well, and one of my friends, Taylor Brown, um, I've edited all of his novels, and he he and I would talk for a long time about do we promote Amazon? Do we not? And, we didn't. We couldn't find an alternate platform for a long time, but now Andy Bound yeah. is, is the one. And I, it, for some reason, its name will not settle in my head, but it's getting there. I, I love, I love their uh, the way that you can basically type something in, and it'll be like put your zip code in, and uh, it'll connect you to the nearest bookstore. Uh, the shout out I would give in Durham would be Regulator. Yeah. Also, uh, what's the one in Chapel Hill? Is it Flyleaf or? Yeah, Flyleaf. And uh, I was getting that confused between the Chapel Hill Bookstore and the Wilmington Brewery. Uh, That's Flytrap. Flytrap, okay, there we go. Now, also, to add more confusion to it, and I've been guilty of doing this before, there's Flytrap and Flying Machine in Wilmington. And I have told someone, I will meet you at Flying Machine at (laughs) 6 o'clock. And at 6.15, I am at Flytrap, and I am having my second beer, and I'm wondering where they are. That's funny. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, read it. you think I should read a travel guide or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, man. So uh, thank you so much for uh, chatting with me. Is there anything else you'd like to say about what you do or what you hope people will will continue doing as travelers in North Carolina? You know, I really oftentimes when I sign books for people, you know, sometimes people buy copies of my books around the holidays to give to their family. And I, some of these people, they're, they're utter strangers to me, and I never know what to write. And it finally settled on me a couple of years ago. And I, I, I tell people to have fun exploring, come down to North Carolina, and find a new favorite place. And I, I really mean that. I want you to come down to North Carolina, and whatever it is you're into, art, NASCAR, fishing, rock climbing, whitewater kayaking, surfing, whatever it is, come down and find that surf break that you want to come back to. Come down and find that secret fly fishing stream out in the mountains that you want to go back to. Come down and find that place that you're going to challenge again with a whitewater kayak. Just come down and find a new favorite place. Yeah. It doesn't have to be your absolute ultimate favorite place, but just that place that just fills you with that feeling of, of comfort and welcome and ignites your sense of adventure and makes you want to do something. Come down and find that. We've got it. Yeah, man, that that's powerful stuff. Jason, thank you so much for talking with me here. I really appreciate what you've done and continue to contribute as a writer and traveler. Uh, thank you so much, man. I'm really glad to be on here. I'm excited to be one of your first slate of guests on the podcast. Yeah, and, man. Uh, looking forward to seeing where you guys go with this. Appreciate it, man. Thank you so yeah. much. All right, well. It was so much fun to talk about all those awesome places. Of those that we mentioned, which one is your favorite? And if there's one in particular that we talked about, or one we didn't, that you'd like to know more about, let us know by email at info at nctripping.com. You can also share your favorite photos of North Carolina on social media with us at nctripping, or by using the hashtag nctravelchat. We look forward to continuing to share more about this awesome state, and in the meantime, we hope to see you out there and exploring North Carolina.